0: I think I think, like you said, it was not a good Mex. It was not. It was not a good. It was not a good Mexican food. It was not a good wrestling match. Where's my brain at? Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble!
1: got the
0: <laughs> i the questions. Hello, people of Earth, and hello, people of the internet wrestling community. My name is Curtis Spears, and you are here today with the Smark Foundation Podcast, episode 11, sponsored by Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. And here with me, <laughs> I couldn't even do it with a straight face. And here with me uh, on the Smark Foundation Podcast, the uh, William Regal to my Tajiri. Shane Campbell. Shane, how you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Would you rather be would you rather be Tajiri?
1: I mean I guess it's a wash at that point. I consider my if I'm gonna be Tajiri, I'm gonna be like ECW Tajiri. I know that doesn't Ooh. fit with Regal, but for the sake of this, I'm gonna be Oh,
0: that yeah. was really good stuff. Yeah, William Regal had his uh T in too, so you really don't want to mess with that too much. Yeah. <laughs> you you ready to talk wrestling, man?
1: A little bit. A little bit. A little bit <laughs> here, Only a little, a little bit, bit here.
0: See, I, 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 think we should do it a lot of bit. At least an hour and a half's worth is what what I normally aim for. Okay. <laughs> Does that fit with you? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have some surprising takes today, so I'm just giving you
0: Ooh. A, a heads up. Well, this time we we try to keep those takes positive. Remember, we don't want to be too angry. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're gonna say, cause I know who showed up on Dynamite last night. Don't don't roll your eyes. I'm don't, not. Don't gonna, show your.
1: I uh, mm, mm. I'll don't show it. your whole
0: ass in front of Danhausen now.
1: I'll save it though. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, the first thing we like to do here on the Smart Foundation podcast, we like to talk about our favorite matches from the last two weeks. Um, Shane, what was your favorite match from the last two weeks? So this
1: is part of the surprising takes. Um, I, I've Ooh. taken, uh, I don't know if a sabbatical is the right word. Probably not. I've taken a little bit of a break from wrestling, believe it or not, for this wrestling podcast.
0: I normally do that too with New Japan, but it's usually around World Tag League time. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> right, right now is... Some really bad shows going for New Japan, so I haven't watched much New Japan this week either. Yeah,
1: I th- i mean, this might be the first time in a while that I just, I mean, I've caught little highlights here and there of WWE and NXT, but I hadn't watched a single full show of WWE since our last episode. Well,
0: it's like, what, 17 hours a week of wrestling content, it's kind of hard to do.
1: Well, I mean, I've been doing it up to this point.
0: For the most part, yeah, but you can't you can't maintain that forever. You're gonna burn out.
1: Well, and and that's that's a little bit about it. I mean, honestly, I've I've lost a lot of enthusiasm with WWE since uh, Lesnar came back. Not necessarily anything against really? him, but I was just bummed that Big E's not the champ anymore, and um, the mid card is still kind of weird. I mean, RK Bro was a, a shining spot, but I'm um, eh. So I'm kind of in a mess spot with WWE
0: right now. That said, it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people have been really happy about Lesnar coming back, like being a face. They think he's he's a lot of fun right now.
1: I'm just not interested. I think I, I think my Fair my enough. interest might pick up after the Rumble, depending on that. But I'm just like, huh. So I've 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 branched out a little bit. The the this, the few wrestling um, matches and stuff that I watched that I enjoyed. I checked out a little bit of uh, GCW, checked out some more oh, um, AEW. Um, lovely. So if I if I had to narrow it down to some positives, there there were some fun matches last night, also on AEW, and then there were some things that weren't as fun on AEW. I, I will say there's some
0: things that were very nice, very evil uh, on AEW. Very. <laughs> so like I was saying, um, I will say, the listener, I am currently making Danhausen faces <laughs> at Shane. See,
1: man, I wouldn't even recognize that because he's not on the radar. <laughs> um, oh, I I will me. say I'll narrow down to I've been enjoying um, what Matt Cardona has been doing. Um, I've I've picked up on it since he won the ECW TV title, I guess. So yes! Gonna... <laughs> oh, what a moment. So, what a moment in the history
0: of, a- of ECW. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I don't quite
1: <laughs> get that, but I enjoyed watching it.
0: Cardona is the fucking king. I, I can't oh sit through, God. honestly,
1: I can't sit through a lot of GCW just because the commentary makes me want to put, like, a toothbrush through my ear. Um, Ooh. I know, I know.
0: I didn't see that season of Oz. What season was that? that? Was
1: the that was the last season. <laughs> Other than the unbearable commentary, I, I like I like Cardona. I've always I've always been on that that hype train. I've I've always been on the major brothers hype train. So anything involving those I like Cardona's, two,
0: I'm, I'm all right. With. Cardona is magic right now. Yep like the ECW title stuff, King of the Death Match stuff, all, all of that is magic. Uh yeah, GCW their their Hammerstein show was just a couple of days ago. Uh really really good show, lots of fun. The the stuff that had me most excited was Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. Like I I love Effie and uh, and Allie Catch, and so I was re- I was pretty excited to see Jeff Jarrett come back. I wonder if maybe Jeff Jarrett might be able to teach the current GCW champion how to throw a punch. <laughs> I don't know. It's Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's great. He's Ain't he great? He is. I mean,
1: again, kind of not to go down the Jeff Jarrett rabbit hole. And like I said, I, I judge a lot of uh, stuff about like eras with the wrestlers. And it has to do mm-hmm. with like attires and looks and stuff. Long hair double J Jeff Jarrett was my favorite. Anything after that was kind of eh.
0: I loved uh I I loved MMA Jeff Jarrett that stuff made me laugh so hard that was sad, actually <laughs> it was so good. MMA enthusiast Jeff Jarrett <laughs> It was so good No no he um he really is like a really great storyteller if you listen to any of his his podcast stuff mm-hmm. Yeah his his podcast stuff is really funny Uh he's got a lot of great stories I did see a tweet this weekend where uh he came out and like a black black shirt with cut off sleeves and black trousers and black boots and they they said oh stealing that shield look from Kurt Angle that's the second thing he's stolen from Kurt Angle.
1: <laughs> Karen, if you're listening,
0: Karen, if you're listening, <laughs> and I know you are, you're a very big, very very big fan. We appreciate you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably shouldn't set foot in Pittsburgh anymore, Ugh. but that's a whole thing. Anyway. Well.
1: On the bright side, um, the Lombardi Trophy won't set foot in there either anymore. So,
0: oh! <laughs> oh! Listeners, I know a lot of you don't follow the NFL, but you need to because the Chiefs just played the best, the best playoff football game of all time, yep. possibly the best football game mm-hmm. of all time. And they won. Oh. Yes. Let's revel in that for a minute. Let's revel in that for a minute four straight AFC championship games, hosting four straight AFC championship games. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, if you're listening and I know you are, that's my godson. Mm -hmm. That's my godson, Patrick Mahomes. Oh man. What? Wow. What can you say? What can you say about 13 seconds? I mean,
1: apparently a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you're Travis Kelsey. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Oh man, that was exciting! I hope this doesn't Good like stuff. jinx
1: um, the rest of the postseason. Speaking of which, oh no, I mean, it's too late now. But we'll—I mean, oh. by the time our next episode rolls around, we'll either be miserable or preparing for the Super Bowl.
0: Oh no, this is this is bad. <laughs> It's too late. It's real bad. It's committed to tape now. Yeah. I can't edit that yeah. out ever. Nope. Oh no. Oh Let's no. See. You know what? Here it is. Here it is. I ain't scared of Cincinnati.
1: Okay.
0: I ain't scared of Cincinnati. It's fine. It's fine. Okay.
1: I'll take it. <laughs> A little bit worried, but I'll I'll go with it. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, what was your what was your actual match of the week? Other than it just was it the Cardona match?
1: So because of the TV title match, I, I did tune in um, to the Hammerstein with uh, him and and Janella. That match was terrible, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed him. I still enjoyed Chelsea Green. Like it made no, it made no sense. Why? Why do we got Hornswoggle out there? Why do we got Marco Studd? why why you know what's funny we have is
0: vincent it, uh, ex...
1: it... <laughs> stop it
0: you know what's the the, the funniest part is that x Pac was the only person involved in that whole shenanigans that didn't have x Pac heat right <laughs> he was the only oh, one that man.
1: i tolerated coming out and even then i'm like why i know it's pro oh, wrestling get it, but Card- why Card-
0: cardona 19 the Cardona virus.
1: You're gonna get it. I enjoyed the the the, 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 the nod to the uh, to an edge, uh, cause scene of the title. When when yeah, I, when Kurt Hawkins, oh, it's what I still Kurt, call Brian him.
0: Myers, Kurt <laughs> Hawkins still Brian Myers, when Kurt Hawkins me. came out and saved Zack Ryder. <laughs> uh, so that was cool. Oh, we don't know them. They don't go here. They don't go here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was it was not good, but it was fun. Yeah, and sometimes that's what you need. Sure, that's why it's okay for Jeff Jarrett to come out and just El Kabong Effie in the head with a guitar. I mean, that much that much was it's... a given. There, there's
1: certain like nostalgia things that are okay. That made sense. For the life of me, I don't understand the Marco stunt, Hornswoggle. Virgil. Uh, Why? (laughs) Why?
0: That's a good question. There is no reason why. (laughs) Because it's fun. Because it's funny.
1: Now, if everyone had came out, but then, like, I don't know, Sandman also would have come out and just beat the hell out of everyone, then that would have made more sense. Because Sandman.
0: Uh, Nick Gage is the new Sandman, right? Basically, like, that was his... No? No, he's not. I mean... About the same level of wrestling acumen, but whatever. Okay. Give me
1: that, but I've never seen the Gage in Zubas.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What would MDK Zubas look like? It's just blood splatter. Yeah. It, looks like, it looks like a Dexter episode. There's blood splatter everywhere. <laughs> Basically. That'd be great. Yeah, the, uh, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Nick Gage. I didn't even watch the match. No, I did. Uh, I I did watch a couple of the matches. I thought I thought that the world on uh, at Hammerstein was a fantastic show. Didn't watch the didn't watch the Nick Gage moment, but you know, good times. Yeah, my my match of the week is actually a fun one. It took place on January 8th, which was before we recorded our last episode, but I hadn't seen it yet because it didn't come on New Japan World until after we recorded our last episode. <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, L.I.J. versus Congo in a 10-man tag uh, between basically the two best factions in each pr- uh, promotion between New Japan and NOAA. So it was uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón, uh, Naito, Shingo, Hiromu, Sonata, and Bushi versus Congo, which is uh, Nakajima, uh, Keno, Tadusuke, uh, Aleja, and Manobu Soya. And it was, oh man, it was like a 15, 20-minute 10 man tag match. Everybody had a spot. Everybody had a moment. It put a bunch of stories forward where we had like, uh, Shingo who had just lost the IWGP world heavyweight title to, um, Kazuchika Okada. He was having a moment with, uh, Nakajima. Nakajima is the current GHC heavyweight champion. So, you know, a- after the match, Nakajima's holding up his belt going, Oh, here's mine. Where's yours. Where's yours Shingo. And, uh, so I can't wait to see those two, you know, have some sort of match way down the line somewhere. And uh, there was a great moment between Naito and Kano. Kano, the angriest man in the history of wrestling, I think. He's just constantly pissed. Not like, not like, uh, you know, in that ready-to-fight, like, Batista the animal mode, but, like, like he's just wandered around like he's angry at his work. Like, he just got to work and, like, the last shift didn't do anything. You know, and he's just like, oh, oh, damn it. he's oh, lazy bastard. And it, somebody needs to just hug him and tell him it's okay. It's not his fault, you know. <laughs> but he's he's got this moment where Naito is kind of shyly, coyly smiling at him and stuff like that. And, and he's just angry at the whole situation. He slaps Naito in the face and Naito laughs at him. He slaps him two more times. You know, it was... And Naito's like oh tranquilo, tranquilo, tranquilo. And Kano's like, Fuck
1: <laughs> you <laughs> We all been there.
0: <laughs> we've all been there. We've all been there. Anyway, uh so yeah, uh hopefully Nakajima versus Shingo and Kano versus Naito are down the line somewhere. And um yeah, it was a really fun like normally ten man tag matches, I'm kinda like, eh, I don't really worry about it. You know? No. It was fun. It was fun everywhere. Um I, I directly after this decided that I was gonna get back into Noah. I haven't watched Noah since Kenta left. Like Kenta was my boy back in the day, and when he left to go to WWE, I just kinda went, eh, I don't need to watch Noah anymore. And uh now I'm I'm gonna get I'm I'm ready to go back into the Noah you know, into the Noah fray. I'm ready to see what Goshizaki's got for me. I'm ready to see what Nakajima's like as champion, I'm ready to ready to just hit the ground running with those guys, man. That was a, it was a fun show. The New New Japan Noah crossover show was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it, it did, it did its job. It got my New Japan tinted glasses off and uh, you know, now I'm, now I'm ready to watch some Noah and have some fun.
1: So, yeah, I I will, I will say the little bit of Noah that I've seen that I've dabbled in it does seem like for me, it, it might, if, if I decide to, to dive a little bit deeper, it might be a little easier on the, uh, on the palate for me than a lot of New Japan. It seems like it. Why is that? I don't know. I can't really explain it, but it, it seems like it's definitely not Americanized. But compared to New Japan, it, it feels a little more upbeat for me if that makes sense. Okay. Uh,
0: I mean, overall, I think it draws a little bit more from maybe like a Mexican inspiration a little bit. That could be, it's it's a little bit flashier than uh, the new Japan. So that, that could be a thing. I don't know if that maybe comes from, uh, from it being a, like a masala product that he created, you know, all those years ago. I don't know, man. It's uh, that's, that's an interesting way to put it. I've never heard it put that way. So, yeah, Noah's great. Um, Goshiozaki's title run from 2020 was, it was a moment I ended up seeing a lot of those matches. There was one that kind of put me off, but a lot of people liked it online. Did you hear about the staring contest?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Oh, man. So uh, in the middle of his title run was uh, Goshiozaki's th- GHC heavyweight title run was when the uh, they were doing a bunch of the empty house shows and things like that. Uh, it was from... March 29th of 2020 Go Shizaki versus Kazuyuki Fujita. Now Fujita is a, a shoot fighter. He's a bad dude. Like he will choke you out. Like just the other day, he won the title from Kano by choking him out in less than three minutes. Kano's one of the like two people that Noah's built around right now. And so K- Kano, he's the, he's the national champion. Kazuki Fujita just choked him out in like three and a half minutes. It was ridiculous. Uh but anyway he had a he had a match for the GHC World Heavyweight Championship which was held by Goshizaki at the time and they literally you could only do this with an empty house the first 25 minutes of the match was a staring contest I had a cold at the time and was Nyquil drunk watching this match and I thought I was having a fever dream. It was insanity. I I remember like kind of laughing when it got to about the five minute mark. I was like, all right guys, come on. When it got to about the 10 or 15 minute mark, I was starting to like, kind of like doze out. And like, then I woke up and they were, and I, I don't know what was happening. It was insanity. 25 minutes of them literally staring at each other.
1: (laughs) Um, so I retract my com- <laughs> uh comments about Noah. So
0: <laughs> that's something you could only do with an empty an empty house. I don't know how they pulled that off. I don't know if they were told to go long and they just couldn't come up with anything new. Oh God. Um. But yeah, so that's a whole thing, in it. Why?
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Man. Eh. All right. No. There we go. I'm gonna retro review Goshaizaki versus Fujita. <laughs> Mark that down for next month for my retro review. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. Speaking of retro reviews, uh, would you like to get to one right now? Let's do it. All right. Have you ever watched one of those disaster movies, like the ones where there's two people fighting in a nuclear facility, sirens blaring, people screaming and running for their lives, annihilation just around the corner? That scene, that scene with the red lights flashing and the carnage around all corners, that scene is our retro review this week. The No Ropu electrified barbed wire exploding cage death match between Atsushi Onita and Hayabusa from May 5th, 1995. This was a highlight for hardcore promotion to FMW. A fight between Onita, the old guard, the figurehead at the top of the company, and Hayabusa. The ultimate natural disaster, a colorful, innovative high-flyer who didn't mind getting bloody. Hayabusa had been marked as the next face of the company when Onita retired, and this was his chance to take that step, by beating a deathmatch legend at his own game. Onita's matches had become more and more over-the-top throughout the years. Barbed wire, explosions, cages, every manner of carnage. All coming to a head in this one perfect storm. Any fan of current wrestling gets an instant glance at Onita's influence on today's wrestling, seeing basically an Anita tribute act in AEW with John Moxley, even arriving to the exact same theme of Wild Thing. And in the cage waiting is another one of today's biggest influences on modern wrestling, Hayabusa, a man who invented and innovated so many moves that are used by different types of wrestlers. The Phoenix Splash used by high flyers, the Falcon Arrow used by power wrestlers. Hayabusa was an absolutely deadly striker as well and had a look that screamed cool in the 1990s the dude was the total package the match begins with a 15 minute time limit at that time the ring will literally explode the ref is covered from head to toe in a hazmat suit this is this is genuine spectacle you feel anxiety and excitement waiting for these two men to even touch the cage just to see what happens the lockup at the beginning of the match shows how enraptured the fans were in this moment the stronger onita trying to force Hayabusa into the cage, the faster Hayabusa blocking him at every turn, sliding out of the way or repositioning so that Onita would have no choice but to throw himself into the barbed wire. And finally as the crowd reaches its breaking point, Onita's had enough and that's exactly what he does. He throws himself into the cage dragging Hayabusa with him. Sparks fly, fire pots explode, Onita's arm is bleeding, Hayabusa lays limp in the middle of the ring. The clock continues to tick down. Under ten minutes and Onita begins laying leather to the younger, more agile foe. Stiff kicks rock him to his core. Hard suplexes fold Hayabusa in half. But one thing Onita can't overcome is Hayabusa's determination. So he doesn't even try, and instead he just throws him into another explosion. Onita then locks in the dreaded scorpion death lock, and it's a mean one. Hayabusa's feet might have touched his head. The deep, single-legged crab continues to ground the high flyer. Hayabusa begins to reach for the ropes, but there are no ropes. He has to do this on his own. Can he overpower the much larger Onita? He breaks the move and is finally able to throw Onita against the cage himself at the three-minute mark. And that's when all hell breaks loose. That disaster movie with the alarms blaring and the lights flashing? That begins to happen during the match. The exploding ring is priming. Cameras at ringside go slightly askew, like a Dutch angle shot, reminiscent of the old 1960s Batman show. The crowd is absolutely restless, something is coming. Meanwhile, Hayabusa finally takes control. He's able to plant Onita with some throws and a standing moonsault, then locks in a figure four. But Hayabusa isn't a submission specialist, and Onita is able to break the leg lock with multiple powerful strikes. Onita throws a devastating power bomb, a jumping DDT. The announcer at Ringside is going out of his mind with the countdown. Mere seconds left, and Hayabusa throws a spinning heel kick into Onita's face, then backs up. And charges. Sun! Ni! Ichi! Onita jumps out of the way of the charging Hayabusa and covers the ref as his opponent flies into the cage and the countdown finishes. Fire and brimstone, smoke everywhere, dust settles, and we're given a view of total devastation. The ring has exploded. A second referee enters and Onita finally stirs. He grabs Hayabusa, and the two begin driving each other through the mat with power moves, power bomb after power bomb. Hayabusa climbs to the top of the cage and attempts a moonsault, which he misses, sending dust flying everywhere. Onita takes advantage, two more power bombs, and he stacks the younger man up for a three count. Wild thing echoes in the distance. Young wrestlers run in with water for the two men, and Onita, being the gracious victor, makes sure that Hayabusa is seen to first. Then they embrace his friends and rivals. Onita helps Hayabusa to get medical assistance. Onita grabs the mic and officially retires for the first time—not the only time. Roll credits as Onita walks off through the fans—an action movie in wrestling match form. Shane, what did you think of this match?
1: So when you uh, when you said we were gonna do this match, my first thought was this was uh, payback for me picking the uh, monster truck sumo match. <laughs>
0: I like this better than the monster truck sumo match. This one had power bombs in it. It did, lots speaking of. Speaking of speaking
1: of which, like that the the last power bomb that he won with, like that was cringe just because like all the debris like came yeah. up in Halle Bush's face. Oh. and I was like, oh my god, he's blinded. <laughs> like that was that was that was bad.
0: Yeah, there, uh, there was a lot of really nasty throws in the match. Uh, like, Onita is, he's a powerful dude. Uh, and Hayabusa is not the biggest guy in the world, so he was just throwing him every which way. Like, he, suplex, you know, Sambo, powerbomb, yeah. like, all sorts of things. It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Now, the match itself...
0: It wasn't a five-star he, classic, that's for it, sure. It
1: wasn't a five-star classic. To this day, I still don't get exploding anything matches and i mean i think it would have been even more entertaining if they had just like robots in the crowd and like the crowd exploded instead of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so it just counts down and then just all these robot fans heads just explode um that would have been cool um, <laughs> the 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 referee that uh looked like an mtv moon man that was sweet yeah.
0: He's got um, his hazmat suit like he's handling uh like he's handling nuclear waste at, at Springfield yeah. nuclear plant.
1: It's like, did he just get back from the aggro crag? It's weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love the fact that the the razor wire was like it wasn't gimmicked in any way. It was super cool. You can see like when they threw like when you threw Hayabusa into the razor wire, like Hayabusa falls down and like half of his gear is still like attached to the razor wire and he's like trying to pull his gear off. Yeah, oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was a lot.
1: I wish they didn't have quite as many scars back then. No, you sure did they, they were coming. They were coming. So yeah, it was it was a fun match. But why? That was that was my like. I get that it was kind of like a passing of the torch to an mm-hmm. extent. Although the 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 young lion would eventually get the last laugh, but he didn't in this in this go round. So. Mm-hmm
0: um but yeah it was
1: it was very entertaining um very very japanese
0: i will say that it was very japanese i i watched um i watched it again this afternoon just before we were before we were gonna record and i was sitting down and watching it and i I noticed something today that i'd never noticed it in the other times i had seen this match walking out and, and seconding onita at this point was a young boy and he looked really familiar and i'm like who is that who could that be it's a. Uh, us uh, Masato Tanaka. Okay, <laughs> he's he's about to go and have a hundred matches with Mike Awesome, and they're all gonna be great. So I was very excited to see Masato Tanaka. Yes, yeah, I, I was. I loved. I love this match. It's so silly. It's so silly and so much fun. But the, I think the thing for me that I love the most is watching how they work the crowd. For the like the first five minutes of that match is just a headlock, and they're like, "We're gonna throw each other into the cage." Oh, Oh, and the crowd is just eating out of the palm of their hands. They are, oh, God, so much fun. And when they finally, like, when they're finally starting to turn, they're just like, do something. And then that's when they hit the cage for the first time and the crowd explodes. Not like the way you say that the crowd should explode, but (laughs) it should have. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, who's to say that isn't coming? You never know. You never know with COVID, they might have to restrict crowd attendance again. And you know, then you just have a bunch of Robbie the robots from Nintendo and they're all, you know, or like, like the monsters in Chopping Mall. Yeah, and then they just explode. <laughs> they just explode at the end. Yeah, I remember watching the the first time and going, This is only this is only a fifteen minute match? Why is the video thirty-five minutes? And I didn't realize that they keep going after the ring explodes. <laughs> oh no
1: and and then the uh the lead up to the match with him walking out and
0: oh uh, yeah yeah it was it was weird that's not Hayabusa's normal theme that I'm used to hearing because he's he's got a theme called fight with dream and I don't know what that theme that it was playing for this match was but it wasn't his normal. so like he started coming out I was like wait a minute I don't know what that is what's going on here but then but then you hear wild thing and everybody knows wild thing now because john moxley is a uh he's a at, at sushi anita cover band these days
1: yeah good for but, good for him yeah he's got that going
0: he looks great good for him for not, that's true. Uh, yep. he he looks like he looks like seven years younger yeah and and less like um alex jones so <laughs> that's good
1: I mean, really, that's just the goal for everyone in life, is to not not like Alex (laughs) Jones in any way ever.
0: Alex Jones, if you're listening, and I know you are, it's actually me that controls the weather machines.
1: (laughs) Can we get Alex Jones in one of these exploding ring matches? Yeah, probably. Okay.
0: I mean... Just tell him there's like a demon eating fetuses in the middle of the ring. He'll go in there voluntarily. It's fine. That's true. Um, I don't know if I should cut that out or not. <laughs> it's already in the atmosphere. I might put that in the stinger at the beginning of the episode, for God's Ooh. sake. Anyway, <laughs> that might be the opening. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Yeah. So, yep. uh, purely spectacle over over substance. Super fun. I yep. I love what it's just the ring explodes and then they power bomb each other into oblivion. <laughs> and
1: I would have, I match. would have liked to have seen like a perfectly timed power bomb ring explosion.
0: Oh, that would have been so much fun. Yeah, Onita does this thing where like often in his matches like he covers someone else like during the explosion so that he can show like. Do you remember in during the the AEW ex, explosion quote big scary quotation fingers explosion, uh-huh. how um, Eddie Kingston came in and covered up John Moxley? That was an Onita tribute, like to, you know, because that was that was Onita's thing. Like, uh, I think the first time I saw him do it, it was in a match with Terry Funk, and he and Terry Funk had, had they had just thrown down together, and they had had such a like a banger of a match that they. <laughs> when the when the explosion went off Onita he he respects Terry Funk so much that he ran in and Terry Funk was still laying out on the ground he he ran in and he covered Terry Funk and took the took the grenade with his own body you know that sort of thing and that that uh, that's diminishing returns on that but I liked how they they switched it up this time and instead of him covering his opponent he jumped out of the way of Hayabusa's charge to cover the referee <laughs> who's who's the only person wearing protection in the match
1: yeah <laughs> who's, who's the only one that looks like a Alpha 5 variant
0: <laughs> He looked like a microwave baked potato
1: Let's, let's cover him
0: <laughs> He looked like the T-1000 was having a no bones day the t- t- T-250 <laughs> I just snorted all right well yeah no um i i I wanted to do something fun with hayabusa because i wanted to do a hayabusa match Mm -hmm. and i wanted to be able to talk about hayabusa but like everyone when they talk about hayabusa just talks about his injury and i don't want to do that i don't want to i don't want to bring the world down like that yeah he was he was injured in the ring okay that's cool well it's not cool that sucks everything that he did leading up to that Echoes into eternity. Right. Like the Phoenix splash is still a move that people can't master hundred percent of the time. It's that innovative. Like Kota Ibushi blew out his fucking shoulder doing this, the Phoenix splash in the G one, you know, like the Phoenix splash is an amazing, like mind blowing move that so many people can barely pull off. And this is the guy that invented it and perfected it the The Falcon Arrow, the Falcon Arrow is a rad move. That was my finisher in SmackDown versus Raw for years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I lo- I love the uh, I love Hayabusa. He's I nothing but respect for Hayabusa. Rest in peace, Hayabusa. Yeah, and um, I'm having fun getting to sit down and talk about one of one of uh, one of the silliest matches he ever did, but a lot of fun. Yep. this one. Uh, he didn't really get a chance to show off the high flying or anything cuz it's hard to climb the ropes when there are no ropes but he got that big moon in off the top of the cage that was pretty cool Ooh, and yeah. and he got to throw it he got to throw out a couple of uh couple of sambo suplexes a couple of power bombs and stuff like that so I'm down with it I had fun uh I I say five stars check it out Yep <laughs> five five snowflakes uh-huh. Joe Bob says Check it out. Monster Vision. Uh, Remember Monster Vision? Uh-huh. Yeah, Joe Bob. So, yeah, final thoughts on Atsushi Onita versus Hayabusa.
1: Yep. Fun match. If you like your referees dressed like a Hershey Kiss, check it out.
0: <laughs> God damn it, not what I'm drinking, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we're loosey-goosey tonight, buddy. Yep. All right. You know the <clears> tube <throat> on the back
1: of the dryer that like connects to <laughs> the water. Okay, I'm done.
0: I wasn't ready for that one. Oh, uh. I'm having a moment. I'm cherry. I'm cherry red. Oh, oh, serenity now. Okay, wrestling. God damn it. All right, all right. <laughs> How do I? Speaking of legacies, Uh I think one of the things we want to talk about this week is we know Ric Flair's legacy. We know Shawn Michaels legacy. We know Steve Austin's legacy. And I wanted to kind of think about what are the legacies of some lesser known or lesser talked about wrestlers who are either not wrestling anymore or no longer on a big stage And um, some of them are no longer with us. And I want to take a moment and kind of think about what what the legacy is for those people. And specifically, like I just mentioned, the legacy of Hayabusa. And I I talk about how much Hayabusa means to me as a wrestling fan. But can you think of anyone who is maybe a lesser known wrestler whose legacy you'd like to talk about?
1: Um, Yeah, I had a uh, couple in mind. Uh, the first one, I kind of went in opposite directions with the, with the two. Um, the, my my first person was uh, Tatanka.
0: Tatanka. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Now we can yeah. bring that up. Yeah. So what what do you think the legacy for Tatanka is? So it's
1: to this point, it's uh, one of those uh, Hall of Fame snubs. At, to this point, I mean, never say never. Is it, I guess
0: is it a snub or is it like them positioning themselves to not have to to deal with that Indigenous American backlash from you know because was was Tatanka actually Native American or was he just doing he, blackface?
1: No, he was. He he is, okay. was his... um uh, freak, I might not oh, be pronouncing it right, but it's the Lumbee
0: the Lumbee tribe, the, yeah,
1: the Lumbee tribe in Carolina, I believe. And so he, I mean. Looking back in the 90s, like everything, it was stereotypical. The the, the tomahawk chop and, and the war chant, the, definitely that stuff wouldn't fly today. Mm-hmm. Now, a character like Tatanka, done more modern and, and respectfully, I think, would.
0: I would love to see that sort of thing. Someone who comes out with, you know, if they are an Indigenous American, a a Native American... To come out and pay respect to their tribe, to, to honor their tribe, right? That would be really cool,
1: right? And he does have he does have a couple sons, so that might be a thing one of these days. Who knows? Yeah. But when you when you look back, like such a waste, and not necessarily from his standpoint, but from like the, the decision makers, because I don't know if you remember, like it's like he went almost two years without losing on TV.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah. His turn was a big deal. Like, I remember was being really back. upset about that when I was a kid.
1: Yeah. And then his first loss was against not any, like, was it, Lud- Ludwig Borga, something random. Like, so you, you have all that buildup. Then you have him lose to just some rando. And then you have him turn heel. And then when you have him with, like, DiBiase, which also should have been gold, literally, like, it didn't amount to anything. You, you, you teased him you had the feud with him and luger and then and, and bulldog like you had all these interactions and there's there's you know always been the rumors so to speak that that there, there was a title plan for him um that was nixed by i'll give you a guess and 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 who and and i think that came from him i don't know how i, I don't know i don't know i think i read in an interview or something that he said that he was in line for a title run um and the, I guess the the click kind of nicks that. Yeah. Who
0: knows. He never had any titles in the in the World Wrestling Federation. Exactly. Like he didn't he didn't have an intercontinental run which would have been I mean easy intercontinental run. Right. He never had uh, a tag team run. He never had anything. Mhm. Yeah. That's really upsetting.
1: Yeah, and so it's like and and you, you go back on on Peacock or the network or whatever and, and you watch you watch some early Tatanka matches and you, and you tell me that crowd wasn't going nuts when, when that little war cry, you know, broke out on this song.
0: I remember being, I remember being nine years old. I remember being really excited about Tatanka. Yeah. I was, I was running around, you know, I, I don't like to say it anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I, I was doing the, you know, tomahawk chopping and and shit like that in my, in my room. Like I remember, you know, being really excited every time I saw him on TV, you know, because he wasn't losing, he was running around, you know, beating people and like, yeah, maybe it was an insensitive character, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't blackface. Like we discussed like it wasn't, it wasn't him pretending to be a native American. He is an indigenous American from an indigenous tribe.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, if that had been more respectfully, that could still fly today, I think. And, uh, yeah, the dude should have probably had at least an Intercontinental run or two. At a minimum, right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that that was one of those things where, I mean, yeah, the the gimmick wouldn't fly as it was back then to date. But it's my understanding that he didn't really burn any major bridges um, mm-hmm. when he left. I mean, he's he's made some little appearances here and there through the years also. Yeah. And then he, he was in that, the
0: gimmick battle royal too, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. And then right. he had that second little run was it the early or mid 2000s
0: so i think that was that was the mid 2000s because they brought him back in the gimmick battle royal and people popped for it and they said oh everyone still likes tatanka and they brought him back and they didn't realize that at that point he was like 50 so (laughs) right (laughs) and yeah yeah,
1: because he because uh i could have i'm pretty sure he um he wrestled miz on like on Miz's like debut like actual match on smackdown could be mm. wrong. Someone, someone looked that up and, and tell me otherwise. But I I remember watching SmackDown. And be like, why is this dude from Real World beating Tatanka? Yeah. So yeah.
0: <laughs> that was my first. And at, the, at that point, you were like nineteen. You were like, "Come on, man." <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, "This makes no sense.
0: <laughs> this is terrible." Yep. Um. Yeah. No. That's a that's a really good one. So, if you could sum up Tatanka's legacy in one word, what what word would you use?
1: If I had to do one word, I would say um, honorable. Mm. Okay. I think I think he was given what he was to work with, and you know it was it That's was it. a it was a it was a caricature to an extent, but I don't think it was something that was completely disrespectful.
0: So. Disrespected, maybe, like because yeah. he yeah he he definitely didn't didn't get what he was supposed to get out of out of life that way. Yeah. So I'll go with my first one. I want to talk about Raven. Raven right. is someone who I love. I, I'm a big fan of Raven. The the flock in WCW, uh, his time in ECW. Like I love Raven. Um, his his the early TNA years when he was having the monsters ball matches with Monty Brown. Like I love Raven. And I was thinking when I when I first mentioned this to you. You know, what, what is Raven's legacy? Uh, and if I could think of what is Raven's legacy, I think that he, his legacy is that he was just a little bit ahead of his time. Like Raven, maybe he wasn't ahead of his time. Now that I think about it, maybe, maybe he was right where he was supposed to be because ECW doesn't exist. If Raven isn't who he is, you know, ECW is not the same. ECW was the perfect soup where they had. The characters like Raven, like Taz, like Sabu, and then they had the the work rate guys like Malenko and Benoit and Eddie. But I think I think that he was he was someone who had a lot of great ideas. He had a lot of potential and the world wasn't quite ready for Raven at the time. Um, His his interviews specifically, if you if you take a look at people like Bray Wyatt or Malachi Black you know the, those those people that are walking in darker edge and things like that they're they're taking cues from raven still today and yeah maybe raven took his cues from jake the snake but you know i th- i think that he was he kind of took what jake the snake was doing and he made it his own and a lot of people have cribbed off of that what do you think about raven as as far as what his legacy is
1: i i think he's he's a, he's another one to this point that should be in in the hall of fame Easily. not that not that that's always something that you can judge someone by, but i mean if 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 someone has the accolades and 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 has that legacy, they should be acknowledged one way or the other yeah raven i mean he was he was early early e c w for me like i do i will say unfortunately once he lost to Goldberg, it seemed yeah. like it, that's what kind of started the slide, sadly, I would have liked to have yeah. seen that whole angle but with raven as the world champ i know back then that would have been impossible just because of
0: what wcw was yeah Yeah.
1: but looking back i was like man can you imagine if freaking raven was the world champ and uh so yeah raven definitely deserves his flowers and and he's another one that it seemed like he he did whatever was asked of him Uh, whether Mm. it be kind of have the serious Angle with uh, with his character, or or not so much. Remember, like late WCW, where they did that thing where uh, he was—he like, wanted to go
0: home. Y-
1: yeah, yeah, and he was just like a spoiled rich kid, and all of yeah. it was just like, yeah,
0: they were. That well, was, Scotty. Where have you been? And he's yeah. like, "Shut up, mom. Mm-hmm. Go make me some hot pockets." Yeah, I, oh man,
1: his name yeah, was that like was... Sandman or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that show. I'd yeah. watch that show. Put that on the WWE Network. I'd watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But it's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, no that that whole run, everything he did in ECW, of course, is just goaded stuff. Like crucifying Sandman. I know that 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 delayed our getting Kurt Angle for a while, and that's upsetting. But uh, you know, all that stuff, the stuff he did with Tommy Dreamer. That stuff was top tier stuff. Yeah. The stuff he did in WCW was what first got me in uh, to notice him. I I didn't know him before he showed up with the Flock, but that stuff was great. I loved it. I when I was a kid, I remember like being so excited whenever like when Perry Saturn would win the the TV title or something like that, just because he was a member of the Flock. Yeah, you know, the fl- I love the Flock. And then sick um, boy and everybody, sick boy, yeah, ki- uh, Kidman, yeah, that was you know the Yete. the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Yeti was a member of the flock. Yeah, he was. Reese. Yeah, um, yeah so that was that was great stuff. Um, his run in w- WWF. They, oh, did you ever hear the story about uh, when Vince McMahon didn't know that they had hired Raven after two thousand one? Huh. They he wouldn't he he saw Raven in the hallway of some uh, some venue they were at, and he goes in the creative meeting and he goes. Who the fuck hired Raven? <laughs> uh, you did, sir. Yeah, um, you're paying the checks, bro. But yeah, so yeah, Raven was. I mean, he wasn't gonna catch any any breaks there, unfortunately. But and, um, it,
1: and it showed. Sadly, I mean, he got a couple dozen hardcore title runs, but who didn't back then?
0: Yeah, yeah was I, I on that list with names like Molly Holly and <laughs>
1: things like that. Who's in
0: the so. Hall of Fame. <laughs> Who is in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more um, interaction with him and uh, Piper, because I know Piper was a big influence on him.
0: Oh, that would have been great.
1: So, yeah.
0: That would have been great. Um, Yeah. I, Jeez. Oh, yeah, Raven just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. I think. What's your next one?
1: So my other one, um, like I said, is kind of went in the opposite direction of Tatanka, more of a cautionary tale, so to speak. Ooh, okay, and and that's uh, Teddy Hart.
0: Ooh, okay, we're gonna get into this one, <laughs> um, because if we're talking about legacies, ooh, Teddy Hart's got a legacy, yeah. buddy. Ooh, yeah, legacies right, so, aren't always a good legacy. Yeah, um, give me give me your. Uh, your rundown of of Teddy Hart's legacy. So,
1: I mean, when when you when you play a, a video game, a wrestling video game, and you build your character and you give yourself fifty different finishers, you're basically making Teddy Hart.
0: Yes. And I when mean, you kick out of everyone else's finishers, you're basically playing Teddy.
1: Hart. Yeah. And when you rage quit and disconnect the controller, you're also playing Teddy Hart. You're also still playing Teddy Hart,
0: yes. Yeah. And if when you, you beat s- your girlfriend, you're also I ooh, was gonna ooh. say Well I uh, was gonna say
1: if you play GTA, then you're also playing Teddy Hart, but <laughs> yeah. take it to
0: another level. I wanna apologize for laughing at that. That's <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Teddy Hart beat up his girlfriend. Fuck him.
1: Allegedly, so yeah, okay.
0: But yeah. Mm. Mm. Speaking of Teddy allegedly, Hart,
1: did you know? Obviously, I am uh, tight with the Hart family. Obviously, uh, um, on my side, they don't know I exist yet.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm tight. I didn't say they were tight. Yeah, so I'm yeah. tight with them.
1: So there's there's a uh, there's a Twitter called uh, "Is Teddy Hart in Jail." And every literally like every day, they update whether he's in jail or not. Oh no! Yeah, and it's been going on for a handful of years now.
0: Oh god! Who runs that? Is that is that run by? Is that run by Brent? Is that run by? Who's that run by?
1: It's not run by me. Um, but it it is a real thing. Uh, look it up in the Twitterverse um, if you want to check if he's in jail or not. Um, oh god! Which is sad. But
0: can I can I can I I am gonna offer them a suggestion. Is Teddy Hart in Jail dot uh, Twitter dot com guy? Mm-hmm. If you're listening, and I know you are, you're a big fan. The, I I think that your your gimmick is a lot better than the should Teddy Hart be in jail Twitter because that's just yes every day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they can work together
1: and make a. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, yeah. really it's really upsetting teddy Hart. He's, he's so talented exactly and he's got such a weird charisma yeah that like he should have done something i mean if the the what was it, the the heart foundation the new Hart foundation
1: so in, in and a lot of it was timing because at the time he was the the youngest person to get a, a wwf contract yeah so you know mid nine late late 90s um, but it also came at a point where the Hearts and WWF were kind of not all on the same page. Cause mm. It was around the same time that Brett had left. I think Owen was still alive at the time of the contract offering. So yeah, there is there is there is some beef with 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 the Hearts and and but you know they still offered him the contract because he was amazing. Like I said, he was a human. Finishing move, every move. Um, You know, Chris Canyon gets a lot of credit for being an innovator of offense, rightfully so. You'd have to put Teddy Hart up there, too, with just things I'd never seen ever in my life.
0: He He could go in the ring and do just insane things. Yeah. Like, how many, you know, twisting, flipping, you know, whatever, splashes, you know. And, yeah, every last one of them was a finishing move in any match. Right. It was ridiculous. Right. But...
1: And but the thing is, um, his outside of the ring, you know, it took precedence over all of that, to yeah. this day, and and because of that, you know, his 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 legacy is is one of a different, you know he 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 should be a indie darling legend, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. or even like a WWE legend, and yeah. just it, it it didn't pan out. Um, there's there's a lot of demons there um, that he's had to battle and sadly still you know seems like that he still is so yeah that 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 was that was my second pick just because uh, you know obviously I, I I try to follow anything and everything heart related to an extent um, and it got to the point where I would tune into MLW or 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 um, Impact earlier or TNA back then just. I would try to follow him around, but, oh, Teddy Hart's there? I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... But it got to a point where it's just not worth it anymore. And then that's, yeah. that, that's that's what's unfortunate about it, is his his in-ring talent no longer... And it shouldn't have been an excuse in the first place, but it's just like, it's not enough well, to draw me in anymore.
0: When it's, when it's... His in-ring talent is an excuse as far as like his bad attitude, you can probably see past his bad attitude with the WWE. You know, you can, you can see past that for the in ring talent, right? His, um, you know, being a kickout risk or whatever that the WWE called him. Like you can see past that with talent when it comes to things like actual domestic abuse. Th- there's no, there's no reason for that to ever be overshadowed by how many flips a guy can do.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So when
1: when when you're when you're abusive to yourself, that's bad enough. <laughs> but then when you when you're abusive to someone else, that that doubles it. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there's no reason for that to ever. Uh, also at this point, I'd like to say if if you or anyone you know is currently a victim of domestic abuse, fucking get it. just don't. It's not worth it. Don't don't stay in any situation where you don't feel. Safe ever, ever, yeah. Well, that's oh, are we gonna end on a downer? Because my next one was China. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, let's roll. All right, keep it rolling, baby. Here we go. Um, so the next one I wanted to talk about was China, two in a row bangers, uh-huh. huh? Here we go. What do you think? Uh, or no, sorry, what do I think China's legacy is? Mm-hmm. China's legacy is. One, that the WWE tiptoes around a little bit. She is currently in the Hall of Fame, right? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, she she's someone who broke so many barriers, even though, I mean, she wasn't, she was talented as far as charisma and and her ability to get over with fans. She may not have been as talented in the ring as some people would like. That's fine. Not everyone has to be Bret Hart. But, you know, she was, she was a very good professional wrestler. She could, she could get people to appreciate seeing her in person. So there's that. She was someone who could break barriers as far as actually competing with men. She was the first woman to ever be in a battle royal, or I'm sorry, royal rumble. She was the first woman to ever hold the Intercontinental title. She was rumored for a long time to be in line for a WWE title push. Uh, her career was uh, eventually sidetracked due to backstage politics, and then there was uh, you know, rumors of drug abuse, her history in adult films. Uh, and I'm going to say it right now, I don't think her history in adult films should have any shading on her legacy. Sex work is work, but... You know, they're still going to the the WWE being a PG company now is still going to maybe frown on that. And that's you know, they don't want their company to be tied to someone making adult films. I I understand that, but there's no reason for them to shy away from her legacy for that. Yeah. They're the ones who, who drove her out of the company. You know how she how she decided to make money after that is her her business
1: that and at her peak you know they were promoting her in playboy so
0: yes absolutely absolutely so it was kind of you know might have been might have been that that set the ball rolling i mean exactly th- they i think yeah china's legacy is it's a hard one uh and her no longer being with us is it's very sad because she doesn't get to see you know how many people you know, I, I have a friend named Jay. Jay doesn't watch wrestling. Um, Jay is, you know, 30 plus year old um, uh, gay man. And anytime that I, I talk about wrestling, the first thing he does is talk about China. China is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't watch wrestling anymore. He doesn't give a shit about anything that's going on in wrestling today. China is still his favorite wrestler just because he got to see someone who was different. And that, that spoke to him. As uh, a young a young boy who is dealing with his homosexuality, and that's I think the legacy for China is that she was someone who got to got to achieve, no matter what, right. and that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, everything that happened after her career in the WWE is, it's such a mixed bag, because you know she she wrestled in Japan, she she you know wrestled uh for new japan against men which is she's the only woman to have ever done that enoki antonio enoki captain chin himself picked her to to wrestle in japan that's something you know she teamed with uh kurt angle in tna tna yep like that's pretty cool you know like, she did some great things afterwards um, and the fact that people, after, after she left, uh, WB people go, oh yeah, she started doing porn. Like that's not all she did. Yes, she did do that. And I hope that she would be proud of that because like I said, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Right. But you know, you can't just boil it down to that. She was, she was a bigger talent than that.
1: Yeah. And, and that was one of those things where, um. Uh... I, I, I remember seeing an interview years ago before she went in the Hall of Fame uh, from Triple H, or something along the lines of oh you know, the reluctancy at that time to put her in. It's like oh well if a kid googles China da da da, it's gonna pop up this, but it's like okay, so you don't want them googling and and finding like the videos, that that's too much. But the full nude Playboy stuff, that that's that's acceptable.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. You got your name all over that,
1: right? And it's like, yeah. what what's the difference? I mean, there's a difference per se, but I mean, you know, we're kind of, you know, yeah, splitting
0: hairs. Really, we were splitting
1: hairs at that point. Um, yeah. So so yeah, um, that was something that definitely I, I think she got a bad rap to have held against her. All things considered, definitely shouldn't be a. It shouldn't have been a thing that took it that long for her to to be in the Hall of fame so.
0: and I think another uh another thing that uh weighs on a lot of people is that no one was able to help a lot of a lot of her later life a lot of her later life was her doing these cries for help yeah and I don't think that you know you know people watched watched her deteriorate like it was a reality show because she had been on a reality show you know but a human life is a human life and it's not something that we can all just watch and do nothing about. Like where was, where was B's wellness policy for her? You know, the WB is always bringing back people who like, um, who need help rebuilding their body or kicking the drug habit and things like that. You know, they they'll bring back legends from the past who are, Hooked on, you know, whatever. Where was that for her?
1: I, I think I think there was something that was available. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, I I know that there's been a handful of uh, opportunities that they've offered it to certain wrestlers, and they still have to decide if they want to take it. But I mean, ultimately, like, sadly, that's pro wrestling. Like yeah. box boxing is the only sport I could think of that comes close as far as just so many cautionary tales about just people just going off the rails from one way or the other, and and sadly she she was part of that.
0: I mean, like, was it was it CTE or something like that? Because like that's that's a I would hope I would hope it wasn't. I I don't know. Obviously it wasn't it wasn't what killed her, but like. Could that have been what affected her mentality? Was she always was she always someone who had to deal with uh, neurodivergent issues? I
1: think maybe it's just the lifestyle. I think it takes. You know, we we all you know we're we're all wrestling fans. Um, we all kind of have that aspiration. Like, man, it'd be so cool to be a wrestler. But not only from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint, it takes a special person. Yeah to be able to handle the, the rigors of especially WWF.
0: Yeah. 300 dates Uh, a year and things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so along that way, you know, depending on the type of personality that you are, or the kind of personality that you, you know, develop that, that can be detrimental to your health and your, and your life potentially. Yeah. Not, not everyone can, can handle that or, or I will not say not everyone can handle it, but, I'm sure they handle it in their different ways for each individual person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Well, again, another cautionary tale. Um, and it sucks that she ended up like that because she was something very special. Um, so rest in peace to China. And, um, yeah. you know, again, if you, if you need help dealing with issues, please reach out to someone, you know, this, this gets heavy every time we have to do it, but wrestling is an ugly, an ugly, Ugly business that has a great upside, but a a horrible downside that we have to we do have to discuss now and again, Um, even as fans where we try to keep it, keep it up and keep it positive. You know, we still see these cautionary tales of people like China or um, the sad tales like in episode two. We discussed Hanukkah and like I felt like we needed to put a stinger at the beginning of that episode with, you know, a trigger warning for God's sake, like wrestling has a dark history and you can't really ignore it. But, um, yeah, that's if, if, if you're someone who's dealing with anything like that, please reach out. You know, you deserve to be here and we love you. So, yep. Um, yeah. Wow. Bummer. Huh? Okay. Let's, uh, maybe one more. What's one more we could do real fast. How about Mister PPV RVD? What do you think? How about Robert Van Damers? What do you think? Okay. What do you think Rob Van Dam's legacy is? Mister PPV RVD, Mister Monday Night.
1: I think I think his his legacy is kind a little bit of a mixture of of everyone that we've been talking to or talking about in this episode. Yeah, it's a little bit cautionary, a little bit you know. He he got he got his flowers. He's in the in the in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of, some of his outside of the ring choices may have uh, well not not may have definitely cut short some of the plans that he uh, was uh, lined up for. Yeah, yeah. In, he was uh, WWE.
0: WWE champion and got busted. Were they busted yeah. with anything harder than pot, or was it just pot?
1: I think no, it was just pot. But it was the speeding in the first place, <sighs> and then.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess that's a thing. Well, you know what? I'm taking that out. I'm not saying that, but, but, um, yeah, no, uh, he, he was busted. He was busted with pot and stripped of the WWE title. Really unfortunate. But the fact that, you know, an ECW original, uh, a, a dude who, you know, his whole gimmick is, I smoke pot. Like how, how was that shocking? Was, was it Speeding? Did he get it? I mean, was it the Speeding? Did he get his, his title stripped for Speeding?
1: The, well, the, the it was the the, the, the pot. It was the, it was the weeds.
0: But, come on, man. Like, okay, it was a different time. What was it, like 2006, right? Something like that? Yeah. Different time, 15 years ago. Okay. But I, I
1: think a lot of it had to do with, maybe not necessarily that, but I would be willing to bet that McMahon or whoever, or it's probably just McMahon, they may have been a little bit gun shy to begin with. Yeah, given you know his his history in ACW, da da da, because you know how they are as far as you know non homegrown people sometimes have a shorter lease. Yeah, so I think it was just like okay, we're gonna take this chance. Don't mess it up. And then a week later, you mess it up. Yeah. it's It might have been like people behind the scenes may have been kind of waiting for that to happen anyway. Yeah. And he gave it to them, So,
0: Ouch. Think of all the great yeah. WWE title shots that, or WWE, WWE title matches that he could have had as champ. You know, like RVD versus Eddie as champ would have slapped just... Absolutely bonkers good. Oh man. That's upsetting.
1: Or uh or that that uh that hidden gem that he had with uh Shawn Michaels.
0: Yeah. wee. Um I mean Chris Jericho, that could have been a thing. God man. Yeah. Two thousand five was a great time. To, uh sorry, two thousand six was a great time for WWE in general. Uh, you know, with the the with SmackDown, that could have been a huge boon to have someone of RVD's caliber as champion at that point. Um, yeah. So as far as the rest of his, as far as the rest of his choices in life go, um, yeah,
1: it's just bad timing. Is if if I had to, I I would say not necessarily bad timing, but if I had to sum up a lot of his legacy, I would say timing. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing of all of that, the timing of when he um, broke his leg when he oh, was TV champ, yeah, he would still be TV champ right now,
0: probably. Yeah, <laughs> until until Matt Cardona won it, won it in twenty twenty two. That uh, shout out, shout out to Matt Cardona. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I know he's listening. You know he's listening. A little, yeah podcast fiend mm-hmm. Matt Cardona if you're listening and I know you are you're a big fan I love you don't ever change <laughs> all right yeah RVD RVD is I wouldn't say a cautionary tale would you say is a cautionary tale or would you just say he's unfortunate
1: yeah I wouldn't say full-on cautionary tale no um
0: he's still wrestling today isn't he yeah yeah
1: and he's he's doing well for himself you know yeah. He's got his uh I think he has his own like dispensary and stuff now and
0: that's what he always yeah. wanted. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's what he always wanted, just to move to Michigan and open up a dispensary. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's got, won. you know, he his life. he's got his uh, big booty wife and stuff like that, so he's yeah, he's winning. Yeah. He's just fine. Yeah. He ain't got nothing wrong yeah. with him. Good for you. Hey, RVD's legacy. Good for you, buddy. Yep. <laughs> The whole effing legacy. The whole effing legacy. Good for you, buddy. All right. Well, I think with that, we'll call it a night. Shane, where can people find you on social media?
1: They can find me on their mama's couch. On their mama's couch. Playing N64 Goldeneye. Mm -hmm. Eating
0: all their fruit snacks.
1: Eating all the fruit snacks and all the bagel bites. That's right.
0: That's right. Your mama making me some hot pockets. Hot pockets. <laughs> yes, but also underscore or I'm sorry, King underscore uncanny on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. Where you post pictures from the mama's couch. Ah uh, from the mama's couch. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at LDestructo83. You can find the show here on Instagram at the Smart Foundation. You can find us on Facebook at the Smart Foundation debate dungeon, answer the questions, we'll let you in. I'm going to I'm going to look into Twitch. I I've had a f- talk with a friend of mine today who thinks that Twitch is the future. So we're going to we're going to we're going to have to look into that you and me. You know, we're going to do we're going to do some wild stuff in the future with Twitch, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah. I got I got I got a Twitch account to uh check out some uh Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling.
0: So Yeah, rock shout out to Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling uh yeah. on Twitch and uh they upload shows later to YouTube as well. Let's see. Oh, my other podcast. If you're interested in gaming and uh, role playing games, is uh, Throw and Dice, uh, the Throw and Dice Pod. It's me. It's me. It's TDP, and um, you can find that on all major podcatchers. Wherever you're listening to this, you can find it there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people who are into things like Warhammer, Dungeons and Dragons, that sort of stuff. What else? What else do we do normally to end the show?
1: I mean, that's usually. It's usually about it. Yeah think of something and then uh, do some stuff and say some stuff
0: and then, and then say goodnight, Shane. And then we go home. Yeah. That's, I
1: mean, yeah, that's how we do. That's what we do.
0: That is what we do. So find us on social media. Also, before we go, if you are listening to this podcast and you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars or leave a review or uh, give us a 10 out of 10, whatever, whatever your podcatcher lets you do um, to show that you've enjoyed this show. Please donate to the algorithm, uh, because we would really appreciate it. It gets us uh, more more eyes on our product, uh, gets us in front of more people, better suggestions, that sort of thing. And we would really uh, love for that to happen. Um, we're just trying to grow this here community.
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe we need to look into like getting some uh, like an address, like an address over there where you're at, PO box. Do they do PO boxes over there? Do they have mail in London? Is it uh oh, carried it's, by Owl. It's
0: her Her Majesty's Royal Mail Service. Okay. Yeah.
1: Alright. That's maybe we should do like an old school like fan mail.
0: Ooh, and just have people can have
1: people like yeah.
0: People can send, send us, us some fan mail. Send us stuff. If you have an old WWE slam cam that you want to send to us that we can uh, we can play with, that'd be fun. May yeah. maybe you have a Maybe you have a a cassette tape copy of Be a Man by Macho Man Randy Savage you want to send to us. That'd be cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. But basically, yeah, Yeah. get in touch with us any way you can. We love hearing from you. We appreciate you. And if you could just do your best to share the show on social media, give us a rate and review, subscribe, whatever you want. We appreciate it. And that would help to grow this lovely community that we're trying to build. The Smart Foundation is a brand brand. And it's a brand that we plan to expand. Yes. Yes. All right. So, with that, we're done here. Uh, I don't want to talk about wrestling no more. I'm going to go and eat some dinner. Say goodnight, Shane. Goodnight, Shane. All right. From your mama's couch, it's for your mama's. Yeah. Ow, ow. <laughs> ow. Oh, girl. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to.
1: I'm a boy,
0: We don't have, we do have one Popeye's in all of England. Really? Wow. Just the one. No mashed potatoes.
1: Fish and chips. And that's it.
0: No, no. You only, only, yeah, only French fries. And then your choice of chicken. They don't have any sort of fish. They don't have any, um, they don't have any of the sides. So like no mashed potatoes, no dirty rice. Nothing. It's just chicken and fish. Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, chicken and fries. I was sure
1: fish would have been there.
0: It's a, it's a shame. I think it's cause everywhere serves like fish and chips. You mm-hmm. know, like every fucking like corner shop has one. So they didn't want to be part of that. But then again, every corner shop also has fried chicken. So uh. I don't know. Yeah, my friend my, my friend Grant went over and he's like, Yeah, we had Popeyes. It wasn't as good as in America. It's, the menu's really small, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Bastards. Popeye's light. Popeye's light. Popeye's point five. Maybe, hold on.
1: Do we have any, any viewer questions?
0: No, I didn't get any questions this week. I didn't put up a thing for it.
1: Listeners, if you're listening.
0: Listeners, if you're listening, I know you are. <laughs> you like us okay.
1: All right. Popeye. And fries. And fries. And thighs.
0: And we give away the biscuit. Because it's fucking, it's a rock. So. All right. <clears throat> Wait Let's minute. get to it. Here Why we go. Why am I losing audio? Why are you losing audio? I can still hear you.
1: I can't hear you.
0: Oh, no. You can't hear me at all? I Here mean, I this am. could
1: be a payback from what I did earlier.
0: Here I am doing a thing. No, it's not. It's not a payback. I'm actually talking. I'm I am literally speaking right now. I will sing to you the song of my people.
1: I feel alone in this world.
0: Oh, shit. Um, a little bit more. Grease the wheels, eh?
1: Oh, papas. Yeah, your screen is frozen like a Street Fighter in-cut scene. You just got beat up by Vega. And you're just like, meh.
0: Take a sip of water. Yeah. Fujita versus Shiozaki psychic match battle. <laughs> They're doing like, oh my God.
1: They could have just edited that. They didn't even have to literally do
0: it like that. <laughs> oh no. No, they had to. They had to. Um, if I okay. was
1: in the crowd, I would have wanted my money back.
0: Well, there was no crowd.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I still would have wanted my money back.
0: Gotta replenish my
1: my fluids. Can you imagine if like JCW or someone did that? Oh no! Somehow there would still be like light bulbs exploded on someone's face. Popeyes. 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 Popeyes.
0: Chicken. 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 Popeye chicken. This episode of the Smart Foundation brought to you by IcoPro. <laughs> and Popeyes. Milton Bradley karate fighters and lugs driving, driving boots. I, well, I mean, Nick cage, uh, Nick cage. Yes. Nicholas cage of the movie face off. Mm-hmm.